Amen. Thank you on the platform. Thank you for your giving. Amen. What's up, family? Everybody all right? All right. Honor and privilege to preach before you. So thank Pastor, the staff, amen, for the opportunity uh, to bring the word of God to you. Uh, Job chapter one, if you have your Bibles, you know, I was thinking you got to enjoy life, folks. I was thinking about this, this thing that happened to me and my family today. And so we're at, we were at, uh, we were eating out, we were at Applebee's, Ruby Tuesday, something like that. And um, forget why we were there. I think we just didn't have no money, so we might as well spend it. Uh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, I ain't broke anyway. Might as well get some good to eat. Um, but <laughs> but um, we're there and we're talking and 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 my child he 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 leans over and goes, Dad, I'm gonna get some booty. So as me and my wife almost have a heart attack, and we turn and we, what you say? So we get some booty. We're like. The background is that he was learning about pirates in school. And if you remember, they used to call money booty. <laughs> that man said, that was a booty. I'm like, he wants some money. I say, say money. Say money. Don't ever say that again. <laughs> Good times, man. I didn't beat him. I said, that was pretty funny. Um, it was pretty funny. I'm sorry, but you know what? Sometimes, y'all, we got to enjoy life, folks. And I know sometimes, and I know how Wednesday nights go, man. We, we've been beat down by work, different things, and just think of good memories. Think, think of things that'll put a smile on your face. And if you don't, you say, I ain't got nothing. Well, hopefully you're saved, and if you have that, then that's a good memory. Come on, somebody. You, you with me? Like, we can think of what Jesus has done and be like, you know what? I hate my boss, but, but <laughs> I love my Lord. Come on, so you're you with me. Like, man, I can't stand that dude, but that's all right. That's all right. The Lord's going to flatten his tires. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. I am not a chess player, but I play chess. You you follow me? Chess is, chess strategy is the purposeful attempt to gain an advantage over your opponent. Unlike tactics, Chess strategy involves long-term goals, usually related to structure, space, peace activity, etc. In other words, when it comes to chess, the strategy is there so that you don't see the strategy. You understand what I'm saying? That as you play chess, you are moving pieces in a certain way as, as a strategic way of trying to get to the king to capture the king, but yet the, the point is so that the other person doesn't see the strategy. You put pieces in certain places so the king can be uh, captured. You'd make certain moves so that the person you're playing only looks at the moves you're making alone and not standing back to look at the strategy. See, the move alone it's not the ultimate goal, but it's a strategy. You know, as Satan roams the earth, he's playing chess, folks. He is being strategic with you and I for the ultimate goal. And with that being said, I want to look at our text in Job chapter 1 and see what God will speak to us because I want to show you how the demonic, how Satan, how hell, demons, whatever, 
how they play chess with our lives. Amen? So with that being said, let's look at Job chapter 1. We're going to be kind of going through a little bit of Job, but we're going to read verses 9 through 11 for our text's sake. And the Bible tells us this, Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and his house? And God, that we would, God, fortify our faith in you, Lord God, so that we would not be succumb to the chess match. We thank you and give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus Christ's name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. If you're taking notes, chess, not checkers tonight. Chess, not checkers. Let's look firstly, amen, what Satan did or what Satan wants. What Satan wants. I need you to know something tonight. The demonic wants. Satan wants. John 10 and 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. 1 Peter 5 and 8. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Too often we think the devil is just roaming because he just that's just what he does. But the demonic has goals. The demonic has aspirations for you and I that are not good, church. Even in Job chapter 1 verse 7, the Bible tells us this. The Lord said to Satan, for where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. He isn't walking for no reason. Can somebody say amen? He is searching. He is looking. He is after something. So the question is, what is Satan after? Church, he don't want you. <laughs> oh, look. What you mean he don't want me? He don't. We think we're the prize. Oh, Satan just wants to take me out. He wants me. And then when he gets you, then what? That's, that's too easy. See, too often we think of ourselves as the ultimate prize. Satan is, a- Satan is after me. Hell is after me. But it's more than just you. Look at our main text in verse 11. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. Did Satan really want Job, or did he want more so Job's faith? Oh, he ain't going to let me preach like I want to. Did he really want Job? Or did he want something that was in Job? The denial of God is what Satan was after. He will curse you. Amen. He will no longer love you. This is what Satan wanted for Job. To empty himself from the love of God. To create a hatred in Job. See, when hell attacks, you must get into the mind frame of what is hell trying to steal from me. Oh my gosh, here we go. What is hell trying to destroy? Within my soul, within my spiritual life, hell is after something in you, not you. It could be your faith tonight. It could be your trust in your church. It could be love tonight. It could be spiritual pillars that have given you constant reminders, amen, of what God has done and the strength and the grace of our Lord and Savior. And too often we can go, oh, why me? Why me? No, the question is, what is hell trying to steal from me? Mention about pillars. You know, it's interesting in 1 Kings 7.21. 
The Bible says he set up pillars. This is Solomon building the temple. He set up pillars at the vestibule of the temple. I wanted to say vegetables so bad right there. <laughs> Lord, help me. He set up the pillar on the south and called his name uh, Jokchen and set up the pillar on the north and called his name Boaz. These pillars sat in front of the temple, amen, Solomon built. The name Boaz means in him strength, and Jokchen means God will establish. So these pillars, when the people would look at him, it'd be the first thing they would see before they would enter into the temple that God establishes, and in him is strength. It would be a reminder, you follow me? It would be a reminder of what God can do. But Jeremiah 52, 17 tells us this. And the pillars of bronze, these are the same pillars. And the pillars of bronze that were in the house of the Lord. And the stands and the bronze seed that were in the house of the Lord. The Chaldeans broke in pieces and carried all the bronze to Babylon. The enemy, enemy the Chaldeans, come in and destroy the temple. But first they break the pillars. You follow what I'm saying here? That before they went into the temple, to, no, no, no. First, we got to break God will establish him, and we got to break God in him is strength. And if we break these pillars down, then the temple will crumble. See, they broke the pillars because they were after the temple. Temple. There are things, amen, that are your pillars, grace, truth, mercy, whatever the case may be, and hell is after those pillars. Because if he can break the pillars... He can kill the temple. He can kill the temple. You know what? Don't worry about it. I'm going to preach to my, with my daughter. I'm preaching to you, boo, tonight. Huh? You see me, babe? I'm preaching to you tonight. They're not listening. That's what hell and the demonic want to kill the pillars in your life so that you crumble. What is Satan, Satan after your pillars? that hold up truth and righteousness, that have caused your faith to grow. If hell can shake your pillars, hell can shake your foundation. Then he can get what he's truly, truly after. Everything that makes you and I a believer. Let me shake Job and get what I'm after. Look at Peter for a moment. Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you. That he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed that your faith may not fail not. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Sifting. If you know anything about this sifting process, it was the wheat and they were separating the wheat from the chaff. And they would have these boards with these little grates in them. And they would just shake them and throw them up and shake them and throw them up. And the hope was that the wheat would stay at the top and the chaff would go down to the bottom. So think about this with me. God told Peter, Satan is asked to sift you. So the question is, what did Satan want to stay at the top? If you're sifting, you want something to stay up here and everything else to crumble. What did he want at the top? He tells us in the text. He said, I prayed for your faith. Oh, they'll get it. They'll get it tomorrow. <laughs> I prayed for your faith to fail not. In other words, Peter, I pray that your faith don't stay at the top. Because that's what Satan wants. Amen. That's what he wants. Because everything is through faith. 
And if I can get your faith, I can get you. My God. I pray your faith fail not. All that sifting that takes place, I pray your faith won't stay at the top. He didn't want Peter. He wanted Peter's faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God or even be saved. Too often we ask, why is this happening to me? What's going on? No, you should be asking, what is hell trying to sift me from? What pillars are the demonic trying to destroy tonight? See, these, this is what Satan wants. He wants everything that makes your DNA of a believer. So hell will attack and attack and attack. Because we think like this, don't we? Well, I'm doing everything right. You're a candidate for attack. I'm doing everything right. I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I know I'm doing what I know to do. I'm in the house of God. I'm praying. I'm giving. I'm believing. I've put my, I've forgiven. That's what makes you a believer. That's what Satan wants. So with that being said, how does Satan do it? Remember, a chess game is a game of strategy. Pieces are moved in certain positions to capture the king. Keep that in mind. So secondly, how did he do it? How did Satan, or how does he do it, I should say? Well, in Job's case, in our text, we know health, wealth, children, Friends, wife. How many know, right? Those five right there will take anybody out. <laughs> five things were used. Again, we cannot only think that hell wanted Job's children, because what would hell do with Job's children? Satan can't do anything with Job's health or wealth. So obviously that, but Satan wanted to use them as pawns. See, never forget how aggressive hell can be in order to reach the goal. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to do what? To harass me. To harass me. Back to back, each new thing coming at Job. It started with the children. Then it progressed all the way to his wife. This was all strategic, folks. This is how Satan will work. Have you ever noticed that when we are attacked, it's usually in this manner? How many know it's usually never one thing? It's usually this. And then you're like, oh, man, I got to take care of that. Uh, oh, man, I got to take care of that. Uh-oh. And it creates confusion. It creates weakness. It creates doubt. It creates pain. But not only who Satan uses, but how and when. See, it's all strategic. Job 2 and 9. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. These words were uttered where at the moment Job was at his weakest. It was perfect timing. 
The pieces were moved perfectly. His children had already died. His health was already a factor. His wealth was already gone. And then the closest person to him cursed God and died. Strategic. See, when you go through hardships inspired by hell, things will happen at certain times in certain ways to produce a response. Produce a response. In other words, come on somebody, the car breaks down. Oh, I, I know about this. Oh, yes, I do. Seven cars in one year, folks. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I thought I was cursed. People in, my church, in the church at the time thought I was cursed. I was like, can I borrow your car? I didn't want to say it because they already, they looked, they like, I'll drive you. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. No, don't touch. I'll open the door for you. <laughs> but in the midst of that, money troubles. In the midst of that, looking at there not being as much food as I would like in the house. Huh? You, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't act like your fridge has always been full. Don't do that. You've been just like me looking at that same baking soda for two days hoping that there's a banana in there. Come on, somebody. Hoping. I thought I missed a bologna. Anybody ever been? I thought there was cheese in there. I thought there was cheese in there, man. Who ate the cheese? Car breaks down. The kids get sick. You catch wind of gossip about you. Now think about not 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 all these things happen, but those aren't the goals. The goal is to get you to drink again. You follow what I'm saying now? That these pieces are moved in a certain way to get you back to doing what you used to do. They move to get you back to call the boyfriend again because you want some relief. To call the girlfriend again. Because when you were sad and, and hurt, you would go to her. You would go to him and you would talk to them. And they would be able to solve your problems. But how do we get there? It's because of the pieces that are being moved. And it pushes us towards a response. To get you to no longer put your faith in Christ. Now we're going to get payday loans. Come on, I'm, don't do that. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Why do, we, why do people get payday loans? Because they get put in a position. Dominion says, hey, we're going to cut it off tonight. Gas company, hey, you won't have gas in the morning. I'm going to get this payday loan. It's all right. These things are moved strategically to cause you to take control of your life and do it your way because God's way isn't working. See, these things are moved in a certain pattern to get you to do something you're not even thinking about doing. That is the whole strategy. You know, let me inject this for free if I could. There is a thing in chess called chess blindness. Now, I just learned about this. I didn't even, I didn't even know this. was Chess blindness. What this is, is that a player will see so many possibilities on the board that they become disoriented. 
They become, in a sense, blind to the point where they even forget what certain pieces do. I'm not talking about people like me. I'm talking about chess masters. People who have been playing chess since they were seven months old. You feel what I'm saying? That they go and they look and they go, what does the bishop do? I don't know. <laughs> upon, upon, I don't know. And they become blind. They forget what's happening. They even get to a point that they forget how to move things. In other words, they become overwhelmed by what's going on. And they make mistakes instead of being able to catch the strategy of the opponent. Oh, church, is that not us? That things start to happen, the movements are there, and we get overwhelmed. The movements are there, and all of a sudden we forget how to pray. Oh, okay. Let me talk to this section. I don't, I don't know what y'all doing. We, we forget how to pray. All of a sudden, prayer becomes non-existent. We, we, we forget that there's power in the scriptures. We, huh? We, we, we begin to forget that there's power in the Holy Ghost. We, we begin to forget that there's power, amen, in the established assembly. That there is, We forget all that because of everything that's happening. And before you know it, we're isolating ourselves. Strategy. The chess moves are just moving perfectly. In Job's case, it was his family, it was his wealth, it was his health, it was his wife, the closest person to him. All these things working just so he could deny. Obviously, Satan, see, there's a power in denial. Also, he could deny. Also, that he would curse God. That's all I say. I just want you to curse him. See, and all Satan will do is use the things around you, folks. 2 Corinthians 11.3. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts would be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Strategic. Let me catch her alone. Let me use a little bit of truth. Let me, let me sprinkle a little bit of truth in there. Now let me twist it a little bit, and I can get her to eat. These pieces are moved in such a way, like I said, that it causes you and I to make a move towards drugs, towards pornography towards alcohol, towards depression, towards the old life, towards isolation, all of this. It's just the strategy. You got to think there's a, remember in chess, there's a bigger goal. See, right now, too often, we just look at the pieces moving, we go, and we're just trying to put the fires out. But we got to stand back and go, what's the bigger goal here? Something is, Satan is trying to take away my ministry. Satan is trying to make me discredit myself by using these different strategies. Husbands, wives, if I could just speak to you for 37 seconds. Don't. Look. I, mm. See, Ben and Juliana here. I'm trying not to. <laughs> you be okay. Um. <laughs> Y'all will be all right. Uh, it's for the old people. Um, no. 
<laughs> but, but, husband, wife, let, 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 step back and go, what is hell trying to do here? Before you say something stupid, before you start throwing around accusations, before you start blaming, well, if you were, if, if you were just a better wife, I'd be a better Christian. Man, please. If you were just a better husband, then I would know how to take care of the kid. Come on, man. <laughs> Step back and go, what is hell trying to do? Pinpoint it back to hell trying to do something here. And when y'all both have the same vision for, no, hell is trying to do something, and we're not going to let it. We see the strategy. All of a sudden, y'all come together. Y'all remember Captain Planet? Only the old people, everybody, oh, Captain Planet. Uh, Captain Planet was a superhero, man. He had the, the guys with the rings, the earth, water, fire, and they had these rings. And when our powers combined, they would put the rings together. Boom, Captain Planet. <laughs> That's how your marriage has to be, minus Captain Planet. You got to put your powers together to fight hell. That's... <laughs> That's hell, not Captain Planet. He was good for the planet. Okay, that's enough for you married people. C.S. Lewis said this, like a good chess player, Satan is always trying to maneuver you into a position where you can save your castle by only losing your bishop. Now remember, bishop, right, overseer? Like a good chess player, Satan is always trying to maneuver you into a position where you can save your castle by losing your God. Strategic. Let's look thirdly and lastly at the initial response. I'm a firm believer that initial response often will determine future moves. So let's look at Job's initial response to all of this. Job chapter 1, verse 20. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. And he said, naked I come from my mother's womb and naked I shall, shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Verse 22. And all this Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. What I just read to you I believe coincides with James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Job didn't try to fake it, fake it as if everything was okay. But he didn't drown himself completely in his sorrows either. But what he did, listen to me carefully. When you see all of hell working and moving, listen to me. But what Job did is he made sure to establish in the moment where he was hurting the most, in the moment where he suffered the worst, he made sure to first establish this one thing. Who was God to him right there? The problem is that we don't know what to do. The problem is we don't do it in the moment. When all of hell is moving, when these pieces are moving, you must establish who God is right there. Either he can or he can't. Either he, huh? 
Either he's your strength or he's not. You have got to establish it. When the attacks of the demonic are coming, you must establish no matter what, God is still God. He is still good and he is still worthy and he is worthy of the worship and the praise. Can somebody shout amen? amen. You must establish it early. He bowed down and worshiped and blessed the name of the Lord. He never blamed God. His initial response was to glorify God in the midst of pain. In the game of chess, you must protect the king. He is the most important piece. You lose him, you lose the game. When the attacks come, you must protect your king. You follow what I'm saying? In other words, Jesus, when all the attacks are there, still must sit on the throne of your heart and mind. That when those attacks come, that before you first establish, no matter what, I'm not losing Jesus. No matter what happens, I'm not forsaking my Lord. No matter what goes down, I'm not going to push away God and worry about the pawns and the bishops and the knights. No, 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 no. First and foremost, I fortify that God is God and that's that. You must hold on to your faith. Daniel chapter 3 verse 17. And this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. The three Hebrew boys said, no matter what, God is able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, don't worry about it because we ain't serving you regardless. We will burn up in this joint. That, that's my interpretation. I always wonder, like, who was the first one to say it? Or did they all three say it in unison? You never were? Like, one was like, we're going to burn up in here, ain't we? And they're like, yep. Yeah. Yes, we are. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, I don't know. My mind goes in those places. I'm sorry. They established God in that moment. King, oh king, you can burn us up, but let me tell you something before you burn us up. God is the one we glorify. And sometimes you, you got to speak that out sometimes. Listen, folks, I know y'all like to be quiet. And you know what? Hey, I'm, I'm not the quiet type, and that's fine. I know you like to be quiet. But you know, sometimes in your house, you're like, hell, you ain't getting this one. You ain't got to talk to nobody. You know who you're talking to. Hell, you ain't getting this one. And sometimes you need to hear it, say it so your kids can hear it. So they know. Hell ain't going to use you today. <laughs> there you go. Now you're getting it. Okay, okay. Like, what? Oh, okay. Sometimes you got, man, no, not, to, no, we're establishing something. When, and when it looks, it's worse to, I don't know, we're establishing something. And when you do that, the road to recovery gets a little easier. Ephesians 6 and 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Listen to me. That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. You must establish in your mind. Put on the breastplate. Put on the helmet. Grab your shield and sword. What are you doing? You're establishing. I'm not running from this one. Job established in the moment, God, you are God. 
And I'm not going to let anything change that thinking. Notice Job worship, worshipped. Worship isn't about a good song. It's about the position of your heart. In other words, it's the affections and adorations for Jesus. Worship isn't only about a good melody, but it's about realizing that God is worthy to have my heart. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm all down for a good song. Listen, another in the fire got me through a lot of days. <laughs> but that's, that's, that, that's, that's part of worship first starts in the heart. Before any song ever comes on. See, when we went to the prayer room tonight, we were already in worship. And I know that we say, let's praise and worship, but we were already there when we prayed. We, we were already there when we were ironing our clothes to come here. We were already in the midst of worship when we were thinking about what we had to do at the church, how long it takes to get to the church. We were already in that mode of worship. It starts in your heart. See, worship puts the focus back upon our Savior, Jesus. It's not that we ignore the problems tonight and just sing and we're just going to ignore what's going on. No, 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 no. What it means is that, yes, there may be issues, but we're going to keep Christ first. I'm not saying tonight. I, I can't. Can I be real with you? I can't stand that. People, I'm just going to worship him away. No, you're not. That car is still broke. The kids are still sick. I'm just going to work. No, you need to <laughs> you need to get the medicine. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't just ignore everything. No, no, no. We deal with things, but we put Christ first. Kids are sick. We pray first. We believe God first. Don't ignoring problems. We deal with them through Christ. You understand what I'm saying? Satan, one man said, Satan so hates the genuine praise of Christ that his fiery darts of discouragement are not effective against us when we respond in praise. Acts chapter 16, as I wind down here, Acts chapter 16, verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Where were they? In prison. And yet they established praise and worship in that cell. See, in the midst of an issue, in the midst of a lockdown, you can see breakthrough. Oh, my gosh, I cannot believe I didn't get an amen with seven people running around the church. In the midst of a lockdown. In the midst when you're in a prison that you can still see breakthrough, that you can still see God move, that you can still have victory. Amen. They're in there chained up and they're singing and singing hymns and praise and worshiping. And all of a sudden chains are falling off. See, that's what happens when we establish. That was their initial response. Praise and worship. Mm. And in that, they saw a breakthrough. See, keep your heart with a heart of worship, and you will see victory in the midst of attack. See, in, in chess, each player makes a move. Can I ask you a question, church? When you see Satan making a move, do you begin to put on the armor of God and make your move? Or better, what's your initial response when you know hell is attacking? It's amazing to me how Job didn't even mention what happened to him in his first response. 
The Lord gives and the Lord takes. As if he knew his eyes had to be on God first. Church, I'll leave you with this. Habakkuk, one of my favorite scriptures. Habakkuk 3, 17. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail in the, in the fields, yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. I mean, that's jacked up. In other words, brother, saying ain't nothing working right. Verse 18. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. In other words, with all these things happening around me, I will take what I have, and that's in Christ. He can't take my joy. Come on, somebody. You can't take your joy unless you give it away. If we would get this church, oh, how many victories will we see in the midst of attack? How many breakthroughs will we see in the midst of when Satan is moving the pawns? Tonight, this was simply to, see, to give you just a different vision. Just a different view of what Satan may be trying to do in you, through you, and, and with you. That these are pieces, man. Don't get so caught up on the pieces. Stand back and try to figure out the strategy. Can you say amen? amen. Our heads are bowed.